Dakota Territory. I'm Trent Loose. Welcome to the journey, the journey we call Dakota Trails and Tales. Jump on in the Loose Tales Food Link Chuck Wagon. Then and only then, we will tool the region, the country, the globe. We will look at the news stories of the day, but at the end of the journey, it is going to be up to you by yourself to determine how and if this information might actually affect us living living in a little piece of heaven. Philip Martin is standing by. Saw Philip Saturday night in Missouri. An old friend, known him 30 years, long time. And we're going to talk about the demands in the local meat market, what is going on, the challenges that he has encountered after teaching high school for 16 years and then going into business with folks buying a local meat market. But before, so I've always known the name Socrates. I couldn't have told you who Socrates was, what he did, when he lived, other than, you know, Rome or Athens or whatever that period of time was. All of a sudden, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued because uh, something I did in an algorithm obviously provoked one of my pointed stories today to be about the 55 quotes of Socrates. And now I'm really intrigued because Socrates, unlike many of those that we think about in ancient Rome that are spoken of today, did not come about it from royalty or nobleness. In fact, was poverty stricken. In fact, the poverty issue is what led to his philosophy. And his philosophy is very regularly credited with the entire Western world that we currently live in today. And now that I've read a little bit about what he was doing, very ironic. And I am not in any way, shape, or form telling you that I am the philosopher of Socrates. But do you know what Socrates, all he wanted to do was he wanted people to ask questions, think critically, and implement discernmentship. Hmm. Much like from day one of this program, I've said I'm not going to tell you what to think. We're going to share the stories with you. You are going to decide how and if this impacts you living in a little piece of heaven. Socrates was a Greek philosopher whose uh, Socratic method laid the groundwork for Western systems and logic and philosophy. When the political climate of Greece turned, you see, it wasn't even Rome; it was Greece. Turned against him, he was sentenced to death by hemlock poisoning in 30, uh, 399 B.C. He worked as a mason. His father was a stonemason. He was granted three sons by a younger wife who ultimately grew to despise Socrates, the best I can tell, because he was always generating philosophy instead of generating a living to sustain the family. Even Plato said, I have no idea how this guy gets paid for his philosophy because he doesn't ever charge anybody anything. Most interestingly, he served in the armored infantry. He believed that wisdom comes from knowing oneself. And he chose death over fleeing to exile because he was a warrior. 
until the end. The unexamined life is not worth living. But that's not the quote that, that's the one that they're promoting here. That's not the quote that really jumped out at me, actually. The quote that I, I have now listed over here to save, and it's going to pop up somewhere else, is number 18 on that list of 55. The secret of change is to focus all of your energy not on fighting the old, but on building the new. The focus of your energy should not be spent on fighting the old, but on building the new. Yeah, no, this is not skipping a beat. I'm just repeating it because I'm going to give that some serious thought. And I'm going to do an analysis of myself on where do I spend most of my time and energy focused on the old or trying to build the new. You see, I believe that we have to combine what it is that we have learned in our life's experiences into how to better prepare us for the future. And that's why every single day I try to become more versed on the history so that I can have a vision of where we need to go. And, and we should all have that vision. And my vision is never going to be about telling you what you should do but challenge you to think about how we should all do it. Isn't that really all that matters? Is that we, we don't just take anything for granted. That we don't just check out and not participate. That we're not afraid of failing. And then in failing, we actually better position ourselves for the future. But when you accumulate wealth, you now live in the life of luxury instead of understanding how to find a resource and make it work for you. That's what I got out of Socrates today. Just wanted to share. Philip Martin standing by. Met Philip in Centralia, Missouri back in the day, but we were in Lynn County, Lynn County Cattlemen. It was a fantastic meeting on Saturday night. I want to first remind you about Greg Hager, the Cowboy Entertainer of the Year. You can buy his albums online. You can request that he comes to your event. Or better yet, just find out where he's going to be. Greg Hager, Songs of Country Roots, will keep you in boots. Now that's not just a saying. You think about all of the great things this country has put together through the course of time. It's by, by men and women in boots, not flip-flops. I don't think Greg's got a song about flip-flops. GregHager.com for full details. High Plains Apache continuing to keep you on the cutting edge of precision agriculture using the least amount of chemical possible. High Plains Apache will be at the uh, K-Fire International this week and the Sugar Beet International in March. I'll be there. Details at... I won't be at K-Fire International. I'm going to the um, uh, Apache dealer in Kansas tomorrow. Details at HighPlainsApache.com and Certified Piedmontese continue to supply you with the tender beef. You don't need to go to the store. We deliver the tender beef to your door thanks to the Piedmontese breed. Details at CPBeef.com. We're back with Philip Martin after this. Welcome back to Dakota Territory. The journey of Dakota Trails and Tales continues. Let's get right to Philip Martin. Well, we are wrapping up the 2024 Lynn County Cattlemen meeting, and an old friend came walking up. Philip Martin, how's the school going? 
It's great. It's great. It's doing well. <laughs> this is where you're supposed to say, Trent, I no longer teach school. I How long did you teach school? I, 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 I was an ag teacher for 16 years, and um, I retired uh, June 30th of 2020. And um, I miss it. I miss the kids, but I still get to connect with them as adults, and I still get CFFA kids show up in our processing room and teach them meat science. So it's good. So if you've ever traveled down Highway 36, which I've seen the sign, I didn't know it tied back to you, the farmhouse, you have gotten into the meat business instead of teaching about meat. Tell us about this here in Brookfield, Missouri. So um, there was a well-established meat processor in Brookfield from the late 50s. It was a family uh, business, and that family went through two generations and the third generation started and said, we don't, we don't want to make this our career. And that business was for sale right in the middle of the 2020 COVID when there was a tremendous demand to get beef and pork in people's freezers. And um, we, five local farmers um, are equal owners and we bought the business. I was hired as the general manager and we hired a staff um, we applied for USDA grants, and we've been very blessed. We built a brand new processing facility, new carcass aging coolers, new freezers, and then this last July we opened up a new retail store called the Farmhouse, which connects the processing room, which is USDA inspected, to the retail business, selling local beef and pork. And I want to talk about the balance, because we've been, since our days in Hallsville, Missouri, we've been involved in selling direct. We have done a lot by the piece. Mm-hmm. It's really tough for a farm unit to sell it by the piece, because yeah. you've got to have the right amount of every part of the right. animal. Right. And we get along great selling halves and holes, but you have to find a way to balance everything through a retail yeah. shop, and that's not easy. No, it's not. So things we've learned, um, we don't sell a lot of beef roast. Um, Preparing roast for a meal is, um, is a dated way of cooking. And uh, we can't keep enough frozen hamburger in the yeah, freezer. It's really tough, Phil, because what you do is you got to put it in a crock pot and turn it to medium. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And, and I can put a little carrot and, and onion in there. And I can even say, all you got to do is drop some potatoes in and some vegetables, and you got supper when you get home. Um, but you got to plan ahead. Yeah. And that's tough to do. Um, so we, we sell a lot of frozen hamburger. We sell a lot of ribeyes. We sell a lot of the um, heart, tongue, liver, oxtail, partly because we're the only market in a wide area that sells that. And um, yeah, so um, it's been an interesting ride so far and we're still learning a lot. So we're at a very interesting time in the beef business where producers are finally getting a bit of the proceeds that they need for what calves are worth and what fed cattle are worth that is not making up for the additional cost that we have but at the same time i wonder how we're going to balance this all out with food inflation because right now it's it's projected that beef could be 70 percent higher in the retail store a year from now than it is today how do you see all of that playing out well i think the people that are committed to including beef in their diet we're still going to make sales to those families but that is not a, that's not a large percentage uh, of the total customer base. Um, I think that we'll continue to sell mostly hamburger and we'll sell steaks for special occasions. We did really, really well selling prime rib for Christmas. 
And for those moments when you're, you're really not concerned about how much it's gonna cost, you wanna celebrate, you wanna do something special, um, I think those moments will, will still, uh, those opportunities will be there. The biggest shift we've seen is the number of people asking to buy a half a hog or a whole hog instead of a quarter of a beef. There's quite a bit more demand for pork simply because of the price. And, and I understand that. And, and thankfully, we can help those people put pork in their freezer. You know, for a long time, I've been having discussions about will the beef industry become the lamb industry? And what I mean by that is that you just mentioned the prime ribs at Christmas time. And I know people that went and bought lamb chops for Christmas at $25 a pound and did that because it was a celebratory food. We do not want beef to become a celebratory food. We want it to be a part, affordable part of the everyday diet because of the health benefit that people get from it. Right. We want want folks to eat beef uh, for supper three or four times a week. And uh, whether it's ground beef or whether it's a roast or whether it's a steak. Um, And as you mentioned earlier, we've got to sell the whole animal. And we really don't want to grind the roast in the hamburger. Um, We'd rather encourage people and provide recipes, uh, maybe even a cooking school opportunity to reintroduce them to maybe what grandma did, but maybe what mom quit doing. And um, whether or not um, we'll be successful, I think that uh, like a lot of things, you have to take the lead and you just try and you see what the results are after you've made an attempt. So maybe the most interesting thing about this that I haven't really put into context, but you've almost done it already, is that the roast, which primarily come from the clod, the the front quarter of the beef, or the shoulder, we'll call it, are the toughest thing to really add the value to because people don't prepare. Right. On the pig, it's been a value driver Mm -hmm. because of the barbecue restaurants and pulled pork, which comes from that Boston butt, which, by the way, is not in the back half, it's in the front half. You have a driver from shoulder on the pig, increasing the value of the pig, mm-hmm. and the shoulder of the the beef animal, decreasing the value of the whole animal. Right. That's an amazing dichotomy. It is, and, and I think you can even expand that thought to say that the ham is the hardest part for us to sell from the hog, from the pork carcass, um, unless we can grind it and we can sell pork burger. And um, yeah, so... Uh, you know your your original point. Where do we see this going? As if beef continues to climb in the in the cost column, um, do we see demand for that product continuing to erode? Um, frankly, I don't know why it wouldn't, um, un- unless there's an avian flu issue or something in the pork industry. But um, I think we have to figure out a way to keep it affordable. I think that we need to move back to more of this regional approach. What are the pitfalls and the challenges that you didn't expect that you have to overcome? Mm-hmm. Labor is, um, is our biggest challenge. Um, we have 28 employees. Most of them are part-time. We employ probably um, close to 10 high school students, and we're very thankful to have them. But to have people that are skilled, good decision-makers, regular in attendance with team attitudes are really challenging to find. And the margins in our business have been pretty slim. And from those margins, we pay those employees. And we're not able to pay those good employees what they deserve because our margins are slim. And so our challenge 
primarily is financial. It starts with labor and then it's the return on the investment. Um, we've been blessed with, with new facilities, good equipment. I'm so impressed with the equipment that, that we have access to, um, to make our products, to label them, to wrap them, um, to display them. Um, I think the, the other challenge that we're recognizing and we really don't have a good handle on is that more and more consumers want their meat in a meal in their hand on a plate. They do not want to take it home and prepare it. Mm. And so we really don't want to be a restaurant. We really want to be a meat shop. But how can you be a meat shop, be profitable, unless you prepare that as a sandwich or a meal ready to go? And that's what's challenging to us. And folks, we absolutely must spend our consumer dollars with the folks from the community and the folks that we want to be there long term. That super center is not the place. Thank you, Philip. Great to see you. A to Z. No GPS technology on a journey we call Dakota. Trails and tails. See you tomorrow.